You've heard of starshine and moonshine and sunshine. Well, this is Godshine. This is chapter, verse, and season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Gregory Mobley, visiting professor of interpretation of the Hebrew Bible in congregational settings, and Frederick Jerry Streets, adjunct associate professor of divinity and social work. They're discussing Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9, which is appointed for Transfiguration Sunday in year B. Here's the text. Mark chapter 9. Verses 2 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling bright, such as no one on earth could brighten them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Though the word isn't mentioned, the story of Jesus' transfiguration is a story about glory. His clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. The idea in the Bible is that God emanates light. And of course, that's why we've got all those halos in those medieval paintings, because a a sainted person emits light. So Peter and James and John view the glory. Their eyes have seen the glory. So glory in the in the Bible refers to this light coming from God. You've heard of starshine and moonshine and sunshine. Well, this is glory is Godshine. And the Hebrew word is kavod, and the Greek word in the New Testament is doxa. And it's the same light that shone on creation morning. It's the same light that beamed off the face of Moses. And now they see it. And I think the question is, You know, what happens? How do you handle the glory? Well, I I remember a story a friend of mine told me about a colleague who would leave for work very early in the morning before the sun came up, and he would walk across his, his yard to his garage. And one day while he was at work, his wife had lights installed to cut down on the risk of him hurting himself. And so when he came home that evening, again in the dark, 
and came in the house, he said to his, his wife, I thought you had the lights installed. She said, yes, if you stay on the path, the lights will come on. Uh, he was so used to walking crisscross the yard. So being able to stay on the path, trusting that the light will come on, is indeed a, a, a challenge because th- these same disciples, Peter, James, and John, we know later on <laughs> denied, rejected, participated in the uh, rejection of Jesus by their own behavior and attitudes. Where was the light then? Where was, where was their memory of this moment uh, during that terrible week that led up to the crucifixion of Jesus? I, I raise that question not as a judgment statement, but to a- acknowledge the human condition. Uh, all of us have our strengths and our weaknesses, and once we've had an illuminating experience, we have to figure out a way to to continue to be nurtured by it and to treasure it without trying to control it. When they wanted to build uh, tabernacles to to memorialize the the moment, uh, build something outside to mark a spot is one thing, but the transfiguration is is also a story about what's happening on the inside of people, and that's where the nurturing of the light has to continually uh, be attended to. Yeah, I love mentioning the tabernacles. You know, like it's like Peter says, "Oh wow, this is great. Let's let's silo it. Yeah, let's store it. Let's put it in some kind of uh, jewel box so we can always take out the glory and have it." And then all of a sudden, boom! The voice comes from on high. Well, everything vanishes, and then the voice comes on high and says, "Listen, this is my son." Listen to him. We can't control God's shine. I mean, when we have those some enchanted evening, you know, when you get, when you see the light, when you see the glory, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Enjoy it, but it ain't going to last. Yeah, and the hope of this passage is that there will be those moments, uh, even though they don't last. But once someone has experienced them, you you would assume, though this is part of the human condition and the challenge of, of us all as human beings, you would assume that once you've had that experience, you would not proceed with your life as if it didn't happen, or, or you forget it. You know, how, how do you forget the transfiggeration? Uh, you, Damascus Road. <laughs> on a Damascus Light. Road. Uh, but it's it's almost like, well, what what has God done for me lately? Uh, you know, can he? Can God do something else to get my attention? I think part of the reality is, is, is how do we see the light of God? And I'll use another word uh, with it. How do we see the beauty of God? How do we see beauty in all of life? Even though there's a lot of pain and disappointment and natural destructions of, of the earth and all that. You mean even when we're not on the mountaintop? Yeah. I mean, Mount Tabor, yeah. like here? Can, can we not see beauty even though you know, we're not on a, a high in the mountain? You know, just being able to pay attention to our surroundings. You know, the, the dancer Martha Graham used to say, love, the definition of love was paying attention. <laughs> So whatever helps us to be attentive 
to what's really important in life and the beauty that surrounds us, even in in difficult and even perhaps tragic moments, um, is part of God's light. The hospice movement, for an example, as difficult as it is for families and, and patients to be in hospice care, the emphasis is care. <laughs> and and there's a beauty that surrounds that sense of care in the midst of heartbreaking moments that can, uh, that often leads to a person's passing. Well, you know, there's an old Latin phrase, sic gloria transit. And it means, but glory is fleeting. Mm-hmm. And I think this text says, yeah, but faithfulness is not. Yes. Yes. The, the challenge is to live faithfully, uh, not episodically <laughs> around uh, revelatory moments, so to speak. It, it it was said, I don't know if this is true, that when Pope John passed away, right before as he was passing away, he kept he kept saying to God, "Completely yours, completely yours." So to to be able to rest in that affirmation in the midst of difficulty might be another way to see the beauty of God. Thanks for listening. You can visit our website for more Bible study resources, yalebiblestudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aidan Stoddart, and I'm your host and executive producer Helena Martin. And our theme music is by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.